Welcome to Bold Faith with Courage Molina, a place where you get empowered and equipped to be who God has called you to be, do what God has called you to do, and go after everything he said you can have without hesitation or apology. Let's go. All right, so welcome. I am Pastor Courage Molina. This is Bold Faith Community Church. I am so excited that you are here with us. Bold Faith Community Church exists to help women develop a personal relationship with Christ, walk boldly in their faith, and apply the Word of God to every area of their lives. We will fulfill our mission by equipping and training women to be ministers in the Word of God. The vision is to build a community of women who are bold in their faith, confident in their calling, and courageous in their pursuits. All right, let's get into this week's sermon. What's good? Um, so glad that y'all are here. Drop in all the things in the chat. I kind of just want to hop right in. I feel like I'm not going to be before y'all long. But let me not say that because y'all know how it gets. I think I'm only going to be here for a short time. And then, you know, the spirit just does what the spirit does. But I really only have, um, I feel like I only have two two points that I want to drop on today from our scripture. Um, there's this thing that I say like, oh, it's the hypocrisy for me. It's the audacity for me. It's the, you know, whatever. It's not really all the things that happen. It's just this one little thing. And so today I want to speak from the topic of it's the response. Um, as I studied this scripture uh, for myself, the thing that really stuck out out of all of it, it's the response. That's what stuck out for me. It's the response for me, honey. What's the, it's, it's really, it's the response for me. And so I'm going to speak from that today. Uh, before I, before we get into the scripture, let's go ahead and pray. God, we just thank you for an opportunity to get into your word. God, God, we, I pray that as we look at your word, as we dive into the scripture that you've given us for today, oh God, that we will be able to see ourselves, that we will be able to see the areas where we need to check our response, where we may not be responding in the way that is conducive to who you've called us to be and the things that you have for us, oh God. Let us um, put away any um, walls that keep us from allowing your word to really search our hearts. Um, let us put away any thoughts and distractions that we have that might not allow us to grab hold of this word and to apply this word. God, make our hearts and our minds good soil as this seed is being sown to your people today. God, um, I'm just your mouthpiece. Speak through me. Use me as you see fit in your son. Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. Um, yeah, it's the response, right? It's sometimes it's not you know, the question of what happened, but how somebody responded or it's a response. And that's the thing that really stuck out to me with this. So let's get into it. We're going to be looking at Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. And, you know, we're in this series. Um, uh, we're in this series. We'll be closing it out in a couple of weeks, but we're in this series on the miracles of Jesus. And every single week we've been looking at these miracles and getting a fresh revelation from God a right now word for us. And I believe that today, this will be no, um, today, this won't be any different. I'm, I'm going to, I usually, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I usually uh, save, you know, what I'm going to focus on to the end, or you maybe don't really know what I'm going to focus on, but I'm telling you right now. So you already know where this is going. I want you to prepare your minds and your hearts. We are going to be really focused on 
the response, right? We're really going to be focused on the response. So let's look at verse seven. Let's look at uh, chapter 17, verse 11. This is the NIV. Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, were not all ten cleansed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to God except the foreigner? Then he said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. Amen. This is a good one, good one, good one. So Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem, and, and while he's out there, he's being called by lepers right there outside the village. Now, if you had leprosy, then you weren't allowed to be in the village. You were considered ceremoniously unclean. If you were going to be in those spaces where there were going to be people who were um, who did not have leprosy, then you need to make yourself known. They have an ailment that can be seen, right? So even if, I mean, maybe they're covered up, but they could have it on their face. They have an ailment that can be seen. We can clearly see what they are suffering with. And so therefore they are keeping themselves separate as the law dictates the law of, of God given to them um, through Moses says that they have to keep this separation. So they wouldn't be walking up to people and, and running up to them. So they're living these um, isolated, so to speak, lives separated. And sometimes leprosy would go in remission. And if the leprosy would go in remission, then they could go and show themselves to the priest. If it went away, if it was cured on, on its own, then they would have to go and show themselves to the priest at the temple. And, um, and then they would be, you know, deemed clean by the priest and then they could enter back into the village, but they couldn't enter into the village, even if they were healed without showing themselves to the priests. Right. And so that's the way this works. So they're standing outside and they are calling out to Jesus because they cannot get close to him, but they see him. I don't know if they knew he was coming or if they're just standing um, near the town's edge watching the people. Maybe there were people watching. I don't know. And I don't know how they knew who Jesus was, but they knew who he was, which means that the, the news of Jesus had spread even to uh, those who were considered ceremonially um, unclean. And so they're out there screaming and asking him to um have mercy on them they couldn't get close they couldn't get as close to them as close to him as they liked they weren't not allowed to be in close proximity but they did not allow that separation that isolation that exilement if that's even a word um the disdain their situation their circumstance they didn't allow it to keep them from calling out to god it's the response for me. It's the response for me. How are we responding when we can't get to what we feel like we need or when we've been separated, um, downgraded, set aside, pushed aside, isolated, oppressed, um, set, set apart, not in a good way, right? 
What do we do when we've been exiled and banished and we can't get in? We can't get the closeness that we want. We thought we needed to get close. Are we calling out? How are we responding when we can't get in close? Or do we have the mindset to say, I may not be able to get close, but I'm going to call out so I can be heard. I'm going to cry out to God. I'm going to make my request known. And they're asking for mercy, that he would have mercy. They are not talking about entitlement. It's They're not coming from this place of you owe us. It's the least you could do is do this, right? It's the way that they are responding to the presence of God. They are leaning in and calling out and asking them to asking him to do for them what they don't deserve, asking them to do for him, do for them what they haven't earned. Some of us, some of you won't open your mouth to ask God for something because you don't deserve it. Some of you won't open your mouth and ask God for something because you feel like everything you get has got to be earned and you haven't earned it. Some of you refuse to come into the closeness um, that is the house of God, that is the community, the body of Christ. Some of you are keeping the body of Christ at arm's length because of how you're living or the situation that you're in. And, and you won't even come in close and, and get what it is that you need. Get the mercy and the grace and the love that close proximity can get you right we refuse to do that sometimes. And so we can see them. They, they, they're not worried about that. They calling out, they know they, they may not deserve it. Um, who knows how they got leprosy, whether it's something that just came upon them, if they did it to themselves, if they were someplace they shouldn't be, if somebody else gave it to them, if somebody else did it to them, or if it just happened for no reason. And so they feel like, why has this happened to me? They're not looking at God saying, why did you allow this to happen? Cause I didn't deserve this. They're saying, have mercy on me. It's the posture of their heart. Have mercy on us. Heal us, right? They didn't even say heal us. They just said, have mercy. Take pity on us. Look at us and feel. Some of y'all don't want people to help you because they feel sorry for y'all. I'm some people. This is for me. <laughs> I'm some people. This is for me. Some of us don't want to take help, grace, mercy, charity, whatever, because we, well, I want you doing it because you feel sorry for me. We'd rather stay in our affliction. You'd rather stay living paycheck to paycheck than allow somebody to help you. You'd rather stay the best kept secret than allow somebody to support you. You'd rather pretend like everything is all good and you're happy with your situation or you can handle your situation by yourself than for you to feel like somebody's doing something because they feel bad for you. These men are like, have mercy. Take pity. Whatever emotion you need to connect to so that we can get healing, go ahead and connect to that and give us our healing because we care more about being free than how you feel about freeing us. Come on. They care more about getting free than they did about how somebody might feel about freeing them. Some of you asked one time and you don't want to ask again. Some of you asked at a whisper and you don't want to get to a place where you're yelling and shouting and saying, hey, I need help. I need help. I need help. You asked one time and that's it. Now you feel like, well, I don't want to do it because they feel sorry for me. I don't want them to do it. I want them to do it because they want to. That's me. I want you to do it because you want to. But after reading this, I'm like, I don't care if they want to. I'm going to get what I need. And if it's because you feel sorry for me, well, then feel sorry for me. Fine. <laughs> there's a life. I'm. There's a life they're trying to get back to. You understand what I'm saying? There's a life they're trying to get back to. You want them to have the right motive. Just do it. I'm trying to, there's a life I'm trying to get back to. 
There's a life that I'm, there's, there's work that I need to get to. There's work that they can no longer do because they have leprosy. Their families, they can no longer be around because they have leprosy. There's time that's being wasted every day because they have leprosy. But you, you got a situation that's keeping you from getting to what you need to get to. Come on this for me. Come on this for me. And doing what you need to do, but you don't want people, you, I don't want it if they feel so, I don't want it if you feel pity, I don't want it if you feel, I don't want them to think I need, man, they like, they got a life to get back to. They are wasting time. They need to be able to get free from this thing and go back to their families and go back to the work that they left behind since they have leprosy and the Bible doesn't tell us how long, but I love that they responded by yet like, Hey would have mercy take pity don't you feel sorry for me i mean how many of you are willing to say that to get out of the situation that you're in i'm smiling right now because i'm like the lord is tripping. <laughs> tripping i'm smiling right now because i'm thinking about how this applies to me right now the lord told me i'm like man i ain't doing that because i don't want nobody to think i don't want nobody Baby, I'm about to make a change on today. How many of you are going to change your willingness to get free or your commitment to get free, even if it means somebody's having mercy on you, even if it means somebody is showing you some pity, somebody feels bad for you, somebody's moved? Sometimes it's not a shameful thing. Sometimes people are moved. By what you are doing. They are moved by your need. They are moved by your suffering. They are moved with compassion and the love of Christ. They're moved by the Holy Spirit to do something great for you, but you don't want them to do it because you feel like, mm, I don't need you doing nothing because you feel sorry for me. So they ask him to have mercy on them. They know that they didn't earn the healing that they asked for. And um, he tells them to show themselves to the priest. Right? He tells them, to show themselves to the priest. Now, you have any type of ailment, you got leprosy, you got um, your arm is shriveled, you got issue of blood, like anything, any type of uncleanliness that you are dealing with, you have to show yourself to the priest to show that you are healed, uh, to show that you are free from it, that you no longer have it. It's not enough for you to be able to look at your own body and say, I know I don't have it no more. So now I can go back home. They're not letting you back in their house or in that village. If you did not get the stamp of approval from the priest. And I, I think this is interesting because Jesus knows that they're healed, right? Jesus knows that once he gives them healing. Once he releases healing to them, he knows that they're healed. And Jesus still has respect for the law um, of Moses. I think a lot of times we're looking and because, because Jesus is healing on the Sabbath, because Jesus, we get to this new Testament and we act like the law doesn't apply, but Jesus is even an upholder of the law. So even though that he knows that once healing is released, they will in fact be healed. They don't actually technically need a priest to make sure they're healed. The healing came from Jesus, but he still has respect for the law. He still is fulfilling and, and, and honoring um, and honoring the law. So he, he sends them. But the crazy part is, let me just read it. Let me just read it real quick. One more time. When he saw them, he said, 
go show yourselves to the priest. He didn't heal them. Let me say that again. They're saying, hey, have pity on us. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priest. Well, the only time I'm going to show myself to the priest is when I've been healed. And I've asked you to have mercy on me. You have not healed me. You are just telling me to go like I've been healed. He told them to respond like they were already healed, even though there was no evidence. They moved without evidence. It's the response for me. Um, it's the response of Jesus, first of all. Isn't that really like a, ain't that how God do you, right? You ask him for something, you pray, you need something. And then he tells you to go do something, but he has not yet fulfilled your request. Is that me? Where I remember when I was like, Lord, you know, I need you to increase my income. And his response was for me to start tithing to elevation. I was like, because that's where I was going at the time. I'm like, sir. You want me to do what? Blink, 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 right? You want me to do what? Has that ever happened to you? You've gone to God. You came to God with a need and you feel like I must have heard him wrong because what he's telling me to do don't really make sense because he has not fulfilled my request yet. I can't do what you're asking me to do because you ain't did what I asked you to do yet. You ever felt like that with the Lord? Lord, I need you to change my husband. Come on, I'm going to get in your business today. Lord, I need you to change my husband. And then the Lord says, go show him some love. And you're like, how can I show him love when you ain't, um, you ain't actually changed him yet? Lord, you know, I want you to bless my finances. And he's like, oh, I want you to give to this. I want you to give money to the church. I want you to support somebody financially. And you're like, how you want me to go do that? But you ain't did this yet. Um, Courageous Discipleship is open for enrollment. Um, right now, Courageous Discipleship is a program run through Courage Molina University. It's 12 week biblical studies and uh, you get 12 months of um, community and monthly training and all that. So it's kind of intent for the first 12 weeks. And then after that, it's less intense and it's more self-directed, right? And so for a lot of women, it's the first time that they invest in themselves at this level. You should totally check it out. I wish I had um, put a thing up here. It's Courage Molina University. I didn't really plan that, but it's fine. Um, you can always DM me or message me and then I can get you the information, but it's open. The, the It's open enrollment. And so there are payment plans that can be made. And so some of you, because I tell my people all the time, I'm like, if there's something you're trying to do, you need to pray, like sincerely seek the Lord and not like, oh, can I do it? But like, hey, I want to do this. I need you to do this for me. And then the Lord responds, go ahead and enroll. But you're still looking at your bank account. So you want me to enroll. And then what am I going to do? Then what? So I'm going to make this first payment. And then what? Right. Has that happened to you? You're saying, God, I want you to make room. I want you to make space for this. I want you to give me increase. I want you to increase my income now. Oh, this is this. If don't nobody get this, it's for me. God, I want you to increase. I want you to bless the work of my hands so that I can do X, Y, Z. And then the Lord tells you to do X, Y, Z. But you ain't blessed the work of my hands yet. 
Um, I recently decided that Courageous Discipleship is going to be launched. It still make my stomach hurt a little bit to say it, but Courageous Discipleship, the, la the live cycle is only going to be opened once a year, right? I'm only going to do the launch once a year. And if you're in business, then you're like launching, launching, launching. That's really where your income comes from. But there's a certain way that I want to live. And so um, there's a certain way that I want to run my business and how I want to spend my days and how I want their things that I want to lean into doing with the church. So I just need to make some changes. And so I talked to the Lord about it. I'm like, hey, I said, um, if you would increase the number of women that enroll in this first launch, then I wouldn't do the second launch. But the Lord was like, let's run it how you want to run it. I'm like, but ain't nobody signed. No one had signed up yet. Nobody had signed up yet when the Lord said, just go ahead and shut. Just go ahead and say this going to be the only one. And I'm like, what? This is what he's saying to them. Go show yourself. They're saying, hey, have mercy on us. With no evidence that there is any healing coming, with no word that any healing's coming. He didn't say you're going to be healed. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And when they looked down, they still had leprosy. Do you understand what I'm saying? Y'all ever been in a situation like that? You asked the Lord for something and he told you to go do something. And you're like, you are sending me to do this thing. You are telling me to shut down this second launch. And we ain't got a single solitary person enrolled in this first one so do you really want me to do that how do you it's the response for me it's the response they moved without evidence and if you with me if you are on my email list then you know i moved without evidence i sent that email out the night that i got that message what, a week or so ago when i got that message, when i had that conversation with the lord respond they moved without evidence. Now, I will tell you, I was studying this at the time. <laughs> I didn't just respond without evidence. You know what I'm saying? I was already studying this scripture at the time. And that is the thing that kept sticking out, how they responded, how they called out to him, how they were willing to be um, relieved, even though it was maybe it was going to come from a place of pity or mercy. They still wanted to get freedom. How Jesus told them to go and do something like he had fulfilled their request, but there was still no evidence of it. And if you continue to read as we do, they went and as they went, which means they went and as they went, they were cleansed. And as they did it, they were cleansed. They didn't sit there watching and waiting and say, okay, well, I still got these things on my arms. I still got these, um, look, looking at their chest like, oh, let me see. Yeah, I still got, I got this. Yeah, I still, I still got leprosy. I can't go to the priest. You wouldn't be allowed in the temple. It would be, it would be a repugnant thing that you did to go and show yourself to the priest and still be covered in uh, the evidence of leprosy. It would be disrespectful. It would be like, you might even be able to be stoned. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but you are certainly not going to be welcome with open arms. You're going to seem foolish if you get all the way over there. Come on, Jesus, this for me. You're going to seem foolish if you get all the way over there. And by the time you get to the temple, your skin has not changed. 
Your situation has not changed. Your circumstance has not changed. You're going to feel foolish if you sign up for that program and your finances don't come through. You're going to feel foolish if you start to give your heart to that man and he's still showing his behind. You're going to feel foolish if you start to give the way God has called you to give and you don't get an increase in your income. You're going to seem foolish if you launch the program with your small email list and your small following. You're going to seem foolish if you do that thing. You've asked God to bless the work of your hands. You want him to increase your platform. God, I want you to increase my territory. God, I want you, I don't know who this is for. God, I want you to increase my territory. God, I want you to increase my influence. And the Lord is telling you to go ahead and launch. And you're like, yeah, but I won't be able to launch until you increase my influence. I won't be able to launch. I can't charge this until you get me at a certain level. I need for my platform to be at a certain level. Come on, Jesus, this is for me. I need my numbers to be at a certain thing. That Right now it's a recession. Lord, I need us to come out the recession. Lord, I need for all these things to happen before I can do this. But they responded. They ran to the priest while they were still covered, while their skin. Leprosy was something you could see visibly. It wasn't something that was brewing on the inside of them. It's something that you could see. That's why they had to stay away. That's how you could easily identify the people who had leprosy. But you know what they did? They went it's the response for me. They moved without evidence. They moved without proof. They moved without um, assurance from God. They moved without Jesus saying, okay, I'm going to heal you. So go. They moved without Jesus saying you've been healed. Here's the thing. They responded with action. They did what he said without the evidence, but the word is the evidence. The word that you got from God, the response that you got, the thing that you felt in your Holy from the Holy Spirit, the confirmation is the evidence. You ask God to do something and he gave your response. That response is the proof that you're waiting on. The word of God is the proof. The word of God is the confirmation. The source is reliable. How can I be sure that this is going to work? How can I know that when I get to the temple, my skin is going to be made clean? How do I know that I'm not going to get in more trouble, that I'm not going to be made full of, that I'm not going to come to shame, that I'm not going to be embarrassed, that people won't see me as a public failure, that people won't start to say that I deserve what I got, that people won't, that I won't be the butt of somebody's joke? How will I, how will I know that this man is not going to play me? How do I know that this marriage is actually going to work if I start to pour in my heart, if I start to give the love like you're telling me to? God, I'm asking you to change my spouse, but you're telling me to show more love. God, I'm asking you to help me out, but you're asking me to give more. God, I'm asking for you to elevate me, but you're telling me to launch from exactly where I am. Jesus is the proof. The word is the evidence. You are looking for evidence. You are looking for proof. You are looking for confirmation. The fact that you got a word from God today, that's the proof. You've been waiting to move. God is telling you to move right now. You've been asking, oh God, but can I'll do this? This is what we want. We really want to, if you do this, God, we want to, if then, right? That's the type of faith that we want to operate. But God is graduating somebody. Is anybody glad to graduate? Baby, I'm glad to be growing up and maturing. Uh, it's definitely growth pains, growing pains that you experience, whether you are growing physically, spiritually, or mentally. But when you're growing in this faith, baby, sometimes you experience some growth discomfort for sure. Some of you are still on that. If God does this, then I'll do that. When some of y'all are on the if then or when then do I have any if then Christians don't be mad. Just be honest. Do I have any when then Christians don't be mad. Just be honest because you cannot 
You cannot conquer what you refuse to confront. Last week, we talked about confronting the heart of the issue. And the heart of the issue is that you are waiting on God to move before you move just like that. And God is saying he's ready to grow you from that that place where you are behaving like a child in Christ. It's time for you to mature. You're waiting for all of the things to line up, for the stars to align, for you to get the increase. You're waiting for your husband to go to um, therapy. You're waiting for your husband to do all the things. You're waiting for you're waiting for the Lord to move first so that you can operate in the thing that he's told you to do. He told you to write the book. You're trying to wait on a publishing deal. I don't know who that's for. He told you to serve people. You're trying to wait on a you're waiting on a platform. He told you it's time for you to start start speaking. You're waiting for somebody to invite you. Maybe if you started speaking, somebody might invite you. Maybe when you started speaking while you are still talking, somebody might be sliding into your DMs saying, hey, I love this talk that you're doing. I would love to have you on my show. You're waiting for you to have an audience before you launch the podcast. But maybe if you launch the podcast, you will find that in the launching the pot, the people who are meant to listen to the podcast would come. I wonder if if there is anybody right now who's ready to graduate, drop in the chat. I'm ready. I wonder if there's anybody who's ready to graduate from a place of when God does this, then I'll do that. If you do this for me, God, then I'll do that. I, I wonder if there's anybody who's who's ready to graduate to a even if, even if you don't do nothing else, this is the thing you told me to do, so I'm going to do it. Even if I fall flat on my face, oh God, I'm still going to go and do the thing. Even if my heart is broken, oh God, even if I get embarrassed, oh God, I'm going to run towards my spouse. I'm going to run towards reconciling with that family member. I'm going to run towards forgiveness. Even if I'm going to get my heart broken again, even if God, because you say so, I will. I wonder if I got anybody that's ready to graduate. I wonder if there's anybody who's ready to graduate. Put in the chat, I'm ready. Feel like Tevin Campbell, I'm ready. Are you ready to love the Lord that way? Are you ready to move without evidence? But what you have to understand that the word itself is evidence. This word that you're getting right now is evidence. This message that you're getting right now is proof that what God told you to do is in alignment with what you are asking him for. The source is reliable. Jesus is a reliable source. We know that Jesus in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. So we know that Jesus, the word made flesh. So when I get in this word and the word tells me to lean not on my own understanding, but in all my, but trust God, but to trust God, right? To lean not, when the word of God tells me to lean not on my own understanding, I stop trying to figure things out on my own. Why? Because the word is reliable. When it tells me to forgive, right? frequently and as many times as they need, even though they continue to do whatever, I'm going to forgive because why? This is God's word and it is reliable. When it tells me to put on a quiet spirit to win over my husband, I'm going to shut my mouth even though my flesh wants to speak out, cry out, complain, cuss and fuss and nag. I'm going to close my mouth. Why? Because the word of God is reliable. When I get a message, when I get a sermon that is confirmation for the thing that I've been wrestling with, I'm going to do what that thing says because this is the proof. The source is reliable. It's the response for me. They asked for mercy. He responded with action, which implied that the mercy was given, even though there was no evidence of it. And their response was to move without evidence because they believed the source. The word is the evidence. Somebody say word. The word is the proof. The word is reliable. 
when it tells me to bring my first fruits to the house of God, guess what? The word is reliable. When it tells me not to forsake the coming together, the word is reliable. When it tells me that iron sharpens iron, I need to get into community, the word is reliable. I don't need to not have community because I never had good friends before. The Lord has called me to be in community where iron sharpens iron. So God is calling me to join the community. He's telling me to join the church. He's telling me to serve, to give of myself and my gifts and my talents. The word is reliable, so I'm going to do it. He's telling me to stay on my post, so I'm going to do it. He's telling me to seek ye first the kingdom of God. So while there are a million other things that I need to do, taking care of my husband, taking care of my kids, taking care of the house and the ministry and the money and all that, the word is reliable. So when it tells me to seek him first, when I go to him and say, Lord, I need to, to increase my, I need you to increase my, um, my territory. When I go to him and say, God, I need you to bless the work of my hands. And it's where it says, seek ye first the kingdom of God. That means I'm going to start my day and my foundation and my lifestyle is going to be built on the word of God. Why? Doing things God way in the will of God. Why? Because the word is reliable. Now, maybe he didn't increase my territory, but what he told me was to seek him first. Maybe he didn't increase. Maybe he didn't increase my finances, but he told me to bring my first fruits to the house. Maybe he didn't give me a larger platform, but he told me to launch. Maybe he didn't give me a stage for me to speak on, but he taught, but he gave me a mic. You understand what I'm saying? This word, the word from God is the proof. It's the response for me. And as they went, they were cleansed. One of them, there were 10 of them. One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus at Jesus' feet and thanked him, and he was a Samaritan. The response. So as, oh, come on, Jesus. As the Samaritan, as they began to, all of them, all 10 of them, the only one was, this one was a Samaritan. All 10 of them, as they began to go to show themselves to the priests, as they went, they were healed. He came back. Because he could now see the evidence of what God said he was going to do. And he praised God in a loud voice. It's the response. How are you responding when you get your healing? How are you responding when you get the bonus? How are you responding when the husband starts going to therapy? How are you responding when you get a good report? What, what are you doing? Are you still going on about your business? Get back to work. Forgot that the Lord did this thing for you. Forgot that, you know, we have what I call spiritual amnesia. We will be so desperate in a desperate situation for a long time. And it doesn't really matter how long we've been in a desperate situation. Then the Lord will bless us and we will go off and forget that the Lord has blessed us. We'll get into it. We'll just get right back to the work. We'll just get right back to living. We'll just get right back to the hustle and bustle. We want to always take time. You pray to be able to quit your job and now you have, but you're not praising God because you ain't got your money right yet. You pray that you will be able to start a ministry. You started a ministry, but you're mad because you only got five people following. You ain't praising God, but you wanted to start a ministry. You asked the Lord to bless you and to bring you people. Now he's brought you people and you indignant because you ain't got the number of people that you wanted. You asked the Lord to 
save your marriage and now he's willing to go to therapy but now that he's willing to go to therapy now you don't want him because he's willing to go to therapy now he's willing to go now you're not celebrating the lord because he's willing to go now you're like you know what I'm, i don't care i'm out now you just going to therapy now because i said boy that what you wanted how many of you right now are living in the manifestation of something you begged god for how many of you right now are living and the manifestation of something at one point you were praying for. I wonder if you remember to go back to God and praise him. Only one came back. It's the response for me. One of my prayers is, God, let me never forget what you've done for me. A lot of times uh, you see a lot of things going on with like pastors and celebrities and things like that. And I think, I don't think that everybody started out that way. I don't think that people necessarily started out uh, malicious. I, I don't believe like, I don't say things like, oh, they're evil. I think that they may be being used by the enemy, but I'm not a person who's like, oh, these people are just pure evil. I don't, that's just not, that's just not how I speak. But when I see these things going on, I think to myself, they forgot, right? They might've started out in the right space with the right heart and the right motive. But as they continue to get blessed, those blessings um, cause them to forget the source of the blessing, cause them to forget how bad it was before God blessed them, you know? And so I just think, I pray every time I see a scandal, every time I see that a pastor has got to step down or a pastor has got to address their congregation and they're going to be taking time off. I'm not judging them like, oh, look what they did. I'm like, oh God, please let me never forget. Let me never forget the source of every blessing. Let me never forget the source of the influence and the impact that I have. Let me never forget the source of my income. Um, just let me never forget. Let me always remember and, and have a heart of gratefulness. Let me not get so big, so bold, so billion dollar that I forget whose I am and at whose hand I was, I was given this by. You know what I'm saying? So I don't think that you know people are necessarily malicious. But how often do we get into a space where we are living in the manifestations of a prayer we prayed, of a thing that we fasted for, and we just go back to life? We just don't even take the time to thank God, you know? This was, this is what I love is that they pointed out that he was a Samaritan because, you know, there was like this feeling this racism between the Jews and the Samaritans. The Samaritans were mixed. They were biracial. So they might've been Jewish and something else, Jewish and pagan. So they weren't pure Jews. And so they kind of felt away about them and they got into an argument. They had this, um, this ongoing disagreement about where you're supposed to worship God and where you can go and worship God. But what's crazy is that while that was the constant conversation or disagreement between the Jews and the Samaritans, that the Samaritans didn't come to Jerusalem to, you know, pray or worship or come to the priesthood, that, that the temple was right there, that the Messiah was right there, that God himself was right there, and they didn't come back to worship him, but the Samaritan did. So I thought that was ironic. And it also shows that even though people at the time, the readers and those around might have felt like the foreigner was unworthy of mercy. 
Jesus did not discriminate. He still showed the foreigner mercy. And the one who people thought was the most undeserving was actually the only one that came back. And while they thought he was undeserving, I wonder who we know, what groups of people do we think are undeserving of the mercy of God? We think, oh, you got what you deserved. Oh, that's what you get because of how you live your life, because of what you did, right? Where we want to kind of withhold the mercy and the blessings. I wonder, you know, who that group of people is for, for us, because, you know, it's very sad that oftentimes um, the church can be one of the most unwelcoming places. But what's crazy is that while they might have felt like he was undeserving, Jesus didn't. And while they might have felt like he was beneath them, he still moved in faith. His faith in God still healed him. And he was the one that worshiped and praised God. So I don't know, you know, who you are or where you are, but I want to say this. No matter what people have said to you or what you've experienced, Jesus sees you and knows that you are worthy of mercy. Jesus is not a respecter of persons, and he accepts those that seek him, right, that love him. He's not going to push you away. He's not going to reject you because others have. And so I want to give you a chance to respond now. We've been talking about it's the response. And so maybe it's been a long time since you felt like you could come to church or um or you felt like you were welcomed because of some of the choices you made or some of the situations. And, and so now I want to give you an opportunity to become a part of God's family. And so even though things haven't changed for you, even though you're still in the same situation, even though your mindset and your habits um, are still what they were before the sermon started, you can still choose to respond in faith. That while God hasn't completely taken away the desires that you have that might be ungodly, that while the Spirit of God, this sermon hasn't changed how you feel about people or um, any any of that, it hasn't changed any of that. I want you, I want to invite you to respond by accepting Christ, even though you haven't changed, because it's in that action, right? that you will start that the change will it's the response it's in how you respond it's the responding to this invitation that's going to heal you of sin it's in the responding of this invitation that's going to free you from the thing that's had you bound don't wait to get free before you accept christ accept christ now and that is the thing that will set you free i want you to say this prayer with me father i confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that you raised him from the dead. I now accept him as my Lord and Savior. I accept the gift of salvation right now. Thank you, Father God, for forgiving me, saving me, and giving me eternal life with you. Amen. Now, the word of God says that anybody who believes that Jesus is Lord and confesses as you have um, is saved. And so if you said it and you believed it, 
that settles it. I want to be the first to welcome you to the family of God. Welcome. And we have a great welcome gift for you. If you are new to the family of God, we would love for you to send us an email, praise at boldfaithchurch.org and let us know. And we have a welcome gift. We want to welcome you to the family. We want to put some resources in your hand and help you to get connected and plugged into an amazing community so that you don't have to do this walk alone. I hope that um, if you are listening and you've decided, you know what, it is time for me to start responding differently. This really hit home. If this was confirmation for you. Then I'd love to hear from you. You can also send us an email, praise at boldfaithchurch.org. If um, God was speaking to you specifically about giving tithes and offering, you've been struggling in your finances and at the same time, God, not me, not the law, not people, but the Lord has been telling you to give and you've decided, okay, this was the confirmation and you're going to respond that way. Then you can go ahead and go to boldfaithchurch.org. Um, I want to thank you in advance for your generosity. For those of you who continue to give here, we could not do the work that we're doing um, or do the work that we've been called to do in communities for women and for families without your generosity. It cannot be done without your generosity. So thank you for those of you who continue to give for partnering with us. Uh, we greatly appreciate you helping us to get the gospel that is Jesus Christ, the love and acceptance that can be found in um, a right relationship with him and the equipping women of in the word of God, we thank you for helping us to do that, not just here in this small group, but helping us to reach um, out to the corners of the earth as God has made it our assignment to do. Now, listen, if you absolutely love this, then be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit the like button. Leave us a comment. Um, share this video with somebody. Go ahead and click it. And if there, you know there's somebody who you know, needs to respond in faith or you want to see respond in faith, you want to see them motivated to move and in, into action, then go ahead and share this video with them. Now, you know that church is not over. It is time for us to put the community in Bold Faith Community Church. Somebody type that in the chat, Bold Faith Community Church. I hear y'all out here talking about the church. How are you going to invite people to your church and you don't know your church name? Now, I know that we changed the church name, but the church name been changed for some months now. And I say welcome to Bold Faith Community Church every week. And it says it right up here on the screen, Bold Faith Community Church. I want you to write that down somewhere. Get that in your spirit. Take a screenshot. Get it in your soul. Follow us on Instagram, Bold Faith. We're at Bold Faith Church. Um, but you need to know the name of the church you attend. You're trying to invite people to Bold Faith community church and we put community in church by getting into our bold life groups immediately following this live stream if you're listening to the podcast or you're watching this on like a different day at a different time then it's cool um you can still go to bit.ly slash bold faith church so that you can get all the deets and uh, you can join us the next time. We stream every Saturday, 8 a.m. EST. And then we get together in conversation immediately following um, immediately following the message. And so come on over, join us. I felt like, come on over, come on over, baby. I know that's not really a gospel song, but it's cool. That's what I want you to do though. I do want you to come on over to the Zoom and um, join us. All right, I see y'all over there. Listen, can you put your picture up on your Zoom if you're not gonna show, if you're not gonna show your face? 
Can you put a picture up there of yourself, please, so we can see what you look like? Y'all, y'all be doing the least. I want y'all to do the most. Put a picture in there, all right? Because I want to see your face. I got another song. I ain't going to sing it. All right, straight up to my face. I want to see y'all face, all right? <laughs> y'all pray for me. I will see y'all in the Zoom, all right? Come on now. If this episode has blessed you, be sure to share it with someone else so that you too can be a blessing. If you'd like to connect with us and help us to do the work that God has called us to do, you can give at boldfaithchurch.org. Be sure to connect with us on Instagram at boldfaithchurch and connect with me at Courage Molina. Thanks so much. Be sure to catch the next episode right here.